scripture reading is one of my favorites, John chapter 10. And I'll invite you to stand as we read the scripture reading today. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Father God, we thank you again for Jesus. And we thank you that he is the good shepherd and that we can safely trust in him. I pray that you will bless this message to your glory and for the advancement of your kingdom. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. On my phone, quite often I'll leave it on my desk and then I'll notice it's ringing. And I'll look over and it will say these words, scam, likely. And so I just ignore it. And once in a while, they'll leave a message telling me that this is the final message. I know how I wish it was. The final message that my car warranty is going to expire and that I better sign up to protect my car. At work, we often have training. It's called Know Before. I don't know if anyone has that in their job or not, but um, they'll give us training on how to protect our passwords and how to choose a password and, and how to find what they call phishing schemes, you know, where they send you an email. In fact, in my, in my email, in the spam folder, in the trash folder, it'll tell me I get service at PayPal telling me that my account is restricted and I must sign in immediately in order to resolve the problem. That's what's called a phishing scheme. Yesterday at work, you know, I, I got one and said, your order is ready, click here to complete it, the transaction. And I thought for me, I didn't place any order, and why would it be coming to my work email? So it was a little token that the company has set up and you could click on it, it says, fish alert. And so I clicked on it and said, are you sure you want to make this a fish alert? And I said, I'm sure. And I clicked on it and it said, congratulations. This was a phony email to test your knowledge or to see if you're being alert. The scammers are all over the place and they're meeting with great success. They're in boiler, what they call boiler rooms all over the country and all over the world. You know, they've always been with us though, haven't they? You know, the scripture is noted for teaching us great truths by and through contrast. For instance, Jesus talks about the wheat and the tares. Now, it's very difficult to tell the difference between the wheat and the tare, isn't it? And if you pull up one, you might pull up the wrong one and destroy the crop. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 38 to 40, it says, The field is the world, the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. 
The enemy who sold them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. So we're seeing that those who choose, those who choose to walk in the way of the wicked one, those who choose to fall for his scheme and his scam, are the ones that, unfortunately, will be gathered and burned in the fire. He also uses the term the sheep and the goats, where he says all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Well, we see a contrast here between the good shepherd and the thief. John chapter 10, let's take a look at that again, verses 1 to 10 this time. We see, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. The thief doesn't want to go through the door because he's going to be seen and he's going to be stopped. Satan doesn't come through the easiest method, does he? He'll sneak in some other way. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Do you know the voice of the shepherd? Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things he spoke to them. Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. Do you want that life that's above the common? That's what it means. Above the common. And what is common in this world? But anxiety and trouble and lusting for riches. So what is the difference between the thief and the good shepherd? You know, does the word thief bother you? I don't like it. It's not the nicest word, is it? We see today that um, people are becoming more brazen in their thievery. You know, it used to be that uh, you know they would figure out some complex scheme and just steal the money silently. You know, through some back door, some 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 computer program would sneak in and just transfer your money. But now they're just doing it kind of brazenly. You could be parked in a store parking lot and come out and find your catalytic converter stolen. 
because they're worth 600 to 900 dollars and they steal them and just sell them to a scrapyard and take the money you know if you were to go on YouTube and type in this phrase chick bank robber you will find the amazing story of this young lady who went to a bank in Waco, Nebraska and robbed some $6,000. The bank employees were able to give the police a fairly good description of the teenage girl who pulled off the crime in the car in which she escaped. But you know what? The police didn't need any of that. You see, she recorded a video in which she entitled Chick Bank Robber, and uh, she was boasting of her criminal prowess. She took the cash and she fanned it out in front of the camera. And she said, I just stole a car and robbed the bank. Now I'm rich, as if $6,000 would make you rich. I can pay off my college financial aid, and tomorrow I'm going on a shopping spree, she said. Later, she held up another sign which said, I told my mom today was the best day of my life. She just thinks I met a new boy. Hannah's brief criminal criminal, brief criminal career ended that later ended later that week when the police took her into custody. But you know, a number of people who have gotten into trouble because of something they said goes far beyond boasting criminals. Lies, gossip, criticism, and slander can damage not just those about whom they are spoken, but of course the speaker as well. The words that come from the mouths reveal the condition of our hearts. Can we say it this way? Bad words come from a bad heart. John the Baptist said it this way, old generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what we learn from that is we should exercise great care in our speech, knowing the power of our words. Though there's a time when we should speak, more often the problem comes from speaking too much instead of speaking too little. Let wisdom guide every conversation. Proverbs 18 says this, a fool's lips enter into contention and his mouth calls for strokes. A fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. So often the world thinks that by getting money by any means, any method, as long as you have at the end justifies the means but they are falling victim to a thief a thief who will rob them of their dignity a thief who will rob them yes even of their soul
He is a murderer. Satan is the personification of the thief. And not only is he a scam artist, a master scam artist, he is a killer. Jesus said to the religious leaders of his day, you are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And he does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks for his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. What does he want to, what does he want to steal from you? He wants to destroy, he wants to, you know, Paul says in, in Philippians 4 verse 4, it says, rejoice in the Lord, what? Always. Again, I will say rejoice. Paul was a prisoner when he wrote these things. But he was still rejoicing in the Lord and the devil wanted to destroy that joy. He wants to take your joy from you. He wants you to focus on problems instead of the problem solver. He wants you to focus on the destruction instead of the restorer. He wants to destroy and take away your joy. He wants to take away your peace. Jesus promised us peace. He says in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives you, gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We can look at the trouble in the world and we can be afraid, can't we? We just look. Every day we hear it on the news. You know, the term is, uh, if it bleeds, it leads. It's not good news when you turn on the news, is it? Another bombing, another shooting, another knifing. What are we focusing on? As our song said, turn your eyes upon Jesus. And all these things in the world, they're going to be so strangely dim, aren't they? We focus on Jesus, the author of peace. He is our peace. And when Jesus is with us, we can have peace in the midst of the storm. Satan also wants you to destroy your trust in God. He wants you to look and say, see, see how God has led you. got nothing but trouble. Can we be like Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him? Proverbs 3, 5 counsels us, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do we trust him? Satan is out to destroy your trust in God. He doesn't want you trusting in God. He wants you trusting in yourself. And I don't know about you, but I fail myself all the time. You know, one thing I have learned Every time I have gotten angry and trusted in my own wisdom, I've made a fool of myself. 
I don't know if anybody ever has that experience, but it's true. Every single time, if I had just said, okay, just fluff it off and ask God for wisdom, what should I do? It goes much better. How many times, you know, people have put their trust in people and they fail them over and over again and then they say, this time it's going to be different and they, they do the same thing and the person fails them. Every election cycle is the same thing. You know, the politicians come around and promise the, the sun, the moon, and the stars and deliver nothing. The Bible tells us to put not your trust in princess. Put not your trust in, in kings. Put your trust in God, who cannot lie and always delivers on his promises. Speaking of promises, they've given, they've, uh, we were given great and exceedingly great, uh, exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. There's a promise for every need. Let us search the scriptures and let us have faith that God is able to do that which he says he's going to do. Yes, the wisdom of man is foolishness with God. Too often we turn to man for wisdom when it's right before us in God's word. Let us carefully and prayerfully study it and gain the wisdom of the ages. Man continues to seek for riches and wealth. And that too is a scam of the devil. Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So often multitudes fall for the scam. Multitudes fall for the scam thinking they're going to have something great. But the pleasures of sin are but a moment. And then destruction comes. But before that usually pain and sorrow and suffering Satan is such a scammer that he, we could call him the chief scammer, the chief killer. He's the father of all murderers. He is the one who you've even used religion. In the story of Cain and Abel, he used religion to commit murder. He is the one who inspired Cain to rise up against his brother in anger and slay his brother. It's high time. It's high time we know the shortness of our time. It's high time that we recognize that the thief is after you. He doesn't want you here. He doesn't want you listening. He doesn't want you praying. He doesn't want you trusting in God. He doesn't want you to have joy. He doesn't want you to have peace. He doesn't want you to have the love of God in your heart. 
He has substitutes for all of that. And all of it is a scam. And multitudes have followed in that scam. But Satan wants what's precious to God. He knows who's with God. He knows those that are following Jesus. But you remember Jesus talking to Peter in, in, in chapter Luke. And then he says, Satan wants to sift you as one sifts wheat. But what does the good shepherd say? What does Christ say? I have prayed for you. Christ stepped in and saved Peter. We see another in the Old Testament. We see Joshua in, in, in Zechariah chapter 3. And he's standing, Joshua the high priest, and he's standing there with filthy garments on. And those represent his own righteousness, his own good works, his own everything. And Jesus says, and, and Satan is there accusing him. And Jesus says, is not, you know, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan. Is not this a brand plucked from the fire? Can you say that you are a brand plucked from the fire? Satan wants to sift you as wheat. But just as the Lord stepped in to save Joshua, he'll step in to save you. He is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. He came into the world that you and I might have life. And that life is in Jesus. He was the light and the life of men. Oh, put him in your heart. Let him in your heart. He says, I stand at the door and knock. Open the door. Let me in. I want to have a meal with you, he says. What's the contrast? Death and Satan. Life and Christ. The good shepherd. Oh, how we love life. Satan knows that well. And he'll give us a scam for a life. Millions, again, are following that. Multitudes thinking a little more alcohol, a little more drugs, a little more fulfilling the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and the lust of the eyes. What a life. There is a way which seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Jesus promises something different. Jesus promises eternal life. Jesus promises an eternal life. Not only, not only now we have that life. These things I write to you, says John, that you may know that you have eternal life. He that has the Son has life. It's a gift of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. But it's conditional. 
conditional on repentance and conversion. There are those that will say, oh, just accept Jesus. You don't need to worry about keeping the law of God. You don't need to worry about any of those things. Just accept Jesus. What is the new covenant promise? I will write your I will write my laws on your heart and on your mind. I will write them. That is the great principle of love. God changes the hearts and the minds. Jesus in chapter 3 of John talking to Nicodemus. You must be born again. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. There are two other things, two or three other things that we must, that we must have. And that is we must have faith. Do you have faith? Do you believe that he is able to do that, which he has said he would do? Without faith, it's impossible to please him, Hebrews says. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He is a rewarder. Have you received his blessing? I spoke a few moments ago on obedience. Yes, there must be obedience, but that is a fruit, isn't it? When we walk with the Lord, it will result in obedience. For Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. As a result of that love, as a walk, as a walk with God, you will keep my commandments. And in Revelation chapter Got ahead of myself here. Revelation uh, says that those that will obey are the ones that are inside the kingdom of God. But in Matthew chapter 19, it says, Behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter into the gates of the city. Two texts. One was thinking that he could work his way to eternal life and righteousness, but it's only the work and, and work of work of Christ that brings us there. It's the work of Christ that brings us to the commandments. It's the work of Christ that enables us. Jesus told the young man to keep the commandments. Do we keep the commandments of God? Do we look at them and, as a mirror and know where we fall short? For all have sinned. 
all have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have fallen for the scam one time or another. All of us thought that, oh, oh, only if I ate the right things and listened to the right music and watched the right things, I'll be okay. And then we reduce the kingdom of God to food and drink and works of righteousness. Christ is our righteousness. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And when we have Christ in us, then we'll do the works that he did. Jesus obeyed the law. And so should we. But we can only do that as he is the center of our lives. As the song says, he is my all in all. And finally, We'll need endurance. And why? Because lawlessness will abound. Isn't that the definition of sin? Sin is lawlessness. And because of this, the love of many will grow cold. We're seeing that more and more in our world today, aren't we? People have no conscience, it seems and their love has grown cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Some of you may have heard of a famous singer of many years ago. He was the singer for D.L. Moody's evangelist, evangelistic meetings. In fact, this happened on Christmas Eve in 1875. And he was recognized by some of the passengers and they asked him to sing. To sing. Sankey agreed and began singing, Savior like a shepherd lead us. When the song was done, one of the listeners stepped forward and asked, did you serve in the Union Army? Yes, Mr. Sankey answered. Can you remember if you were doing picket duty on a bright moonlight night in 1862? Yes, Mr. Sankey said again. And the passenger continued, and he stated that he was serving in the Confederate Army. And I saw you standing at your post. I raised my gun and took aim. I was standing in the shadow, completely concealed, while the full light of the moon was falling at you. At that instant, you raised your eyes to heaven and began to sing that same song. Let him sing it to the end, I said to myself. I can shoot him afterwards. I heard the words perfectly. We are thine, do thou befriend us. Be the guardian of our way. 
I began to think of my childhood and my God-fearing mother who sang that song to me. When you finished, it was impossible for me to take aim again. I thought the Lord who was able to save that man from certain death must surely be, must surely be great and mighty. He keeps the path of judgment. He preserves the way of his saints. Yes, we need to endure. But only can we endure in the strength and might of the Lord. One who has never seen defeat and will never know surrender. And we gain the victory by raising that white flag Say, Lord, I surrender. I falling for the scam artist too many times. I falling for the thief and for the murderer. I've listened to his schemes and they sounded good. Lord, I surrender and I give to you my heart, my life, my all. And then we pray. like a shepherd, lead us. Father in heaven, we thank you and want you to be our leader. We want Christ to be our shepherd and our guide. May we have the wisdom to open our hearts and our minds to receive him in and walk in the light of your love and be protected. Father, dismiss us with your blessing, we pray. Watch over us and bring us back together again soon. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.